0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Comic-Con Podcast, it's Season 2, Episode 49. I'm your host today, a Manimal, a.k.a. Zach, whichever way you want to go, Zach or the Manimal. Uh, I'll be doing it solo today. Uh, Justin might pop in here a little bit as we go, but we do have a very, very special guest today. If you heard us talking on Lords of the Longbox, I already kind of gave you guys a clue as to who we'd be talking to today, but today we have Eric July, the creator of the Ripiverse, creator of Isom, Eric, welcome to the Comic-Con podcast. How's it going, man?
1: Man, it's going great, man. And I certainly appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah, man. We've been following you for a while now. um, I think the whole Ripaverse, Isom stuff kind of what hit about in June, July time, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of when everything started picking up steam and everything. And um, the book dropped in, if I remember correctly, man, August? Uh, August, September? uh, uh, Right, September. Yeah, yeah. September. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know I ordered right there from the, the Ripperverse website, and it came pretty quick, man. So we'll get into all that. But um, yeah, tell us a little bit about how it started. Tell us about Isom. Tell us about Ripperverse. Let's get it going.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, it, it was a dream come true for me to be in a position to do this. And um, obviously, I've been in the commentary space for a while with... Mm-hmm. Um, just comics in general, just talking about them, stuff I like, stuff I don't like, whatever, built the following kind of that will will look to my material upon me talking about just comic book based stuff. And I figured, you know, after all of this money I had saved, I figured that it was a great time for me to take that leap and uh, actually start my own comic book company. You know, definitely during this time, I felt like it was a big uh, hole in the market right now, definitely in American comic book Market because, you know, you have a lot of people that are, let's say, dissatisfied, call it whatever you want to. But they just, you know, maybe are looking for something else. And uh, I figure, OK, yeah, this is a good time for me to just I don't there may not be another time that we right. that will be better than right now. So I said, let's do it. And, you know, uh, on the back end, obviously, it took months uh, for a better part of a year to just um, make it happen paying my artists obviously mm-hmm. making sure uh, you know building a business up from the ground up bringing people on and all that and of course all the logistics of it all because you know it, you kind of handle when you do it the way that we did it it's you're basically running two businesses you're running the creative side of the actual um creating the book you know writing the book the artwork and all that mm-hmm. but then you have like the logistics of the like the economics and the distribution and all that so we're, we have like because we do our own distribution so it was certainly a a lot that had to go uh into that and you know we put it out there i said i was going to take this as serious as i possibly could and you know we put it out there everybody saw the artwork they wanted to invest certainly uh in, in buying the project and now yeah, we got it out to them going in that september and i was just stoked yeah it felt good to get the material out to actually mm-hmm. sell it and you know did, i was packing boxes for months <laughs> and all that like that was, yeah. was i cool. saw the pictures
0: of you kind of handling it yourself right yeah, Just in, like, in, it, in it, the warehouse man yeah
1: i have a warehouse team but i was right there right alongside them um you know uh, packing the orders you know and, yeah. and to do all that and to get it out was uh, certainly an experience in itself and you know i had a sense of i was proud that we got it out but in the same respects, I think the the most most important thing was that people got it and they enjoyed it, and uh, that's what we sought to do. We wanted to have people uh, be satisfied customers, and uh, I think we were able to certainly accomplish that with the first book.
0: Yeah, you guys are kind of definitely sort of I don't know if I'm getting this definition wrong, but very much like grassroots, right? Like you kind of did it all yourself. You started from the bottom. You did it. You put it out. Like you said, you were in the warehouse kind of doing everything and being a part of everything, which is great. So like one question I have though, being a comic book like fan, obviously first and foremost, right. And we talked offline right now about like living the dream of writing your own comic book. That's every reader's fantasy mm-hmm. and dream right mm-hmm. but then you get into like you said the business aspect and the animal of what that is does that ever kind of take away from the love for comics a little
1: bit like oh, it man. definitely changes it a little right oh yeah i mean it gives you more perspective certainly uh, or a different perspective now i've been thankfully this wasn't my first creative project that i had to handle the business for and i think that kind of prepared me but even with all that preparation uh, over the last decade because of the music stuff that i had been yeah. doing and all that it still is a different thing. You know, it's, it's, it, it's certain aspects that are unique. There's a lot of crossover with kind of what we were doing with music, but it it certainly is a unique kind of thing. Definitely when you, the game changers handling your own distribution. And sometimes when you like, okay, obviously I wasn't anticipating that we had tens of thousands of people, that many people that were buying it, which meant tens of thousands of orders, <laughs> almost uh 50,000 orders. Yeah. And so I'm, they're packing the orders and You know, I knew that it was something that I needed to do. Um, I wanted to do because I wanted the experience in doing it. But also, you know, the team kind of picks up on it that the owner of the company is actually there. Oh, right, right. Getting in uh, the trenches with them. Yeah, right there with them alongside them. There's certainly nothing that I would ask of my team that I wouldn't certainly do. Um, And that gave me an opportunity to prove that. And I was there every day, six days uh, a week, Monday to Saturday, getting it done, sometimes Sunday. And it's just... I, I like I guess it was a game in the, in in the learning, I guess, how it worked, because there's a lot of logistics that despite all the experience, you, you don't know what you don't know. And right, you, right. You, you can you're prepare. learning as you go. Yes, exactly. You yeah. can prepare yourself as much as you want. But then inevitably, there's going to be some some stuff that you just you know, you may had not been prepared for, and you kind of got to just roll with the punches. But I thought that experience was pretty good. It was awesome because mm-hmm. I got to learn, you know, and I'm I'm a guy, I'm an individual, believe it or not, I'm always trying to learn. I don't figure I know it all uh, by any means. And it was fun to like learn even more um, and be better equipped because what happens is, is we start, we go into like the next campaign for the next book. And, you know, some of those things where, you know, there were hiccups, we get to fill those gaps and we get right. to do it better. Yeah. And that, that's the awesome thing because it's going to mean a better experience, even better experience for the users that are on the website, as well as the actual customers uh, that are getting the book. So it, it it didn't necessarily take away from it, but it certainly is something that I can see how a lot of why a lot of creative people, which I have my own complaints about uh, creatives in this industry and, you know, how they neglected the business side of it, which is why it's kind of this, you know you have this facilitated industry of right. a lot of people struggling financially despite being creators of some of the most notable comic book characters i have my gripes there uh but you can see when you experience why so many of those folks would just rather not uh handle the business side and they just kind of shy away from it but it's something i welcome i'm a I, i'm one of the one of the uh, rarities of not only just being a creative, but being a businessman as well. And um, you kind of have to be to do this to, the way that we did it. Yeah.
0: So, okay. So I have a confession. Um, Obviously been in the comic book game for a long time, reading everything, know a lot about comic book news and stuff. But unfortunately my father-in-law was the one who told me about Ripaverse, which was the weirdest situation yeah. in life. So my father-in-law is very handy. He's not a comic book guy. This is not his angle, man. And all of a sudden, he comes over, and he's like, hey, uh, you heard about this uh this comic book, Isom? And I'm like, what? He's like, no. He's like, have you heard about this? I was like, no. What are you talking about? He's like, I saw it on Fox News. And my my father-in-law definitely, you know, he leans a little bit more right than he does left, of mm-hmm. course. And uh, he kind of launches into the whole, you know, basis behind your book. And I was like, oh, shit, man. Like, I gotta, I gotta check this out. And so yeah. I look it up and I was like, Oh, hell no, dude. I don't know anything about this. This sounds really interesting. So I'm moderately embarrassed that my yeah. father-in-law had to tell me about mean, the book, man. but we found you and we were, and I, I loved it, man. So um, before we kind of talk about like the story and the characters and all that, I think yep. it's kind of important it, it, to kind of talk about what, what drove you to make this book? Like what, what the yeah. basis for Isom and the Ripiverse was the, the gap that you found in the comic book community that was bugging you or the comic book industry. Yeah. And um, I guarantee you, my listeners are are going to be with you on this one. So yeah. kind of give us the spiel.
1: Like there, there's a couple of different things that I found that, like, like, let me say this, that would aggravate me with how the industry was. It was mm-hmm. two, two things. I know some people look at like the content problem uh, in itself, which is a big part of it that lent itself to more okay well these stories are beating their audience over the head with maybe some some social political stuff right. that for a lot of people like they can handle it when you you give it to them here and there but it kind of got a little more heavy-fisted uh and it was slanted one way so right. you know a lot of people had issues with that and rightfully so i was one of them but the other part was obviously the continuity and like canon aspect that seems to be lost uh really with with uh, let's say the big two Mm-hmm. Um, at me as a reader when you know it feels like they're just putting out books just to put out books Um, it can be sometimes very very difficult to keep up with mm-hmm. some of your favorite characters uh, because they're appearing in different like books but also yeah. it's like oh well, there's an alternate universe version of this character and all that and that can get a little ridiculous and, and even intimidating for people that want to get in at the ground level so I made it a point to prioritize uh with the company and that was the void that I wanted to feel like those aspects the main aspect being okay i want to give people a universe that they can get lost in they don't have to feel like okay well this is going to be fox news or msnbc the book like you know (laughs) right right it's it's more of Mm -hmm. this is just a good little a good universe for you to get lost in um and that's what i wanted to create so that was the void that we were trying to fill so you know i spent a year really a better part of that year just world building Right. Like the foundational Mm -hmm. stuff. Like I have an entire like universe Bible already. And I've I've uh, like for I some obviously stuff that didn't all get revealed in the first book. But, you know, we've gone through everything with this history. And I wrote that down. And, you know, where my plans were, at least in terms of what direction I was going to take. I had all that documented. Uh, before I had actually even wrote really the first story. Now, yes, as I was writing it, there were some other characters that I had an idea that I introduced mm-hmm. certainly in there. But the actual world building took place before I wrote the story because that was something that I wanted to emphasize with this and that I have the plan. I'm playing a long game. Let's say that my right. plan isn't just to have a, a book start to end. It's done. You know, hey, it's nice. It's cool graphic novel, which I'm not knocking people that do that. My whole appeal here is like I'm giving you a universe to get invested in. So for those people that were like me, that like, okay, well, between all the reboots of the universes and all that other annoying stuff that uh, and as well for those that may have seen a Batman animation or let's say a, a cartoon or. Or like a uh, movie or something, and maybe you're like, "Hey, I want to go read the books." And then you know, good luck trying to. I get this question. <laughs> yeah, where do,
0: where do you start, yeah, right? Where do you
1: start? Like, "Hey, I like that yeah. man. Where do I start?" And I gotta come up with a big diagram. Uh, <laughs> Detective uh, Comics twenty seven. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right? exactly. Like you have to yeah. do all of this, like, and then you gotta explain to them. Well, this version isn't really, it's bruised, but he's in a different universe, right. black label. It's like, it can be very confusing. And I wanted to cut all of that out with my universe. And that was a big appeal, you know, of the mm-hmm. continuity and a- aspect of it. And for our customers that got like, uh, uh, they got a little more insight in it when they got like the concept of our books, as well as the, uh, the concept art book, as well as the, like, Uh, trading cards that we have that gives them kind of a little more insight to some of these characters because i'm all about world building because Mm -hmm. a lot of that and the fact that there's this universe it's not that every character has to know each other or anything it's just the fact that there's a universe that all these guys exist on um and you know maybe we make it epic when there is a crossover or something like it's Mm -hmm. all about the canon and continuity and and i want everybody that gets a book uh to have a piece of history not feel like well these events are going to be washed away in the next five years or something
0: right uh, like, a, like a marvel event that doesn't matter 10 years down or one year down the yeah road, well i was just about honest. to say you don't even got to go yeah.
1: for a lot a lot <laughs> of games. summer, yeah, yeah, summer yeah.
0: exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah we we talk about that a lot on here uh in terms of like especially marvel and i mean I'm i'm a massive marvel guy i'm an x-men fanatic i mean that's my go-to title um but yeah, you know, it's it just dilutes it all the time, no, like yeah. all the events and nothing really is like Justin and I talk about this, how you, you know, you have a six issue event, right? Whether it's in humans versus Avengers or X-Men or whatever. And the first two issues seem so big, like, oh man, something big happened. They killed a guy in issue two. And then issue six, it's like, oh, he's back and nothing yeah. really matters. and Nothing changed. And it's just like rinse and repeat. Yeah. And it's tiresome. Um, It's tough though, as well, with like those big titles, the Supermans, the Batmans, the yeah. X-Men, like it is very hard to, you know, how do you do a good jumping on point? Um, We talked about recently, I think like an episode or two ago, we talked about how how much love Justin and I had for like new 52 in terms Mm -hmm. of like, that was a great idea for DC. It was like, you know what? Hey, we're going to redo DC. It's too much. Like two people can't jump on here. We'll keep the Batman lore. We'll keep some of the Superman lore, the green lantern lore, but everything else is kind of new. Here's a good jumping on point. And they introduced B and C level characters that were fun titles. And uh, yeah, but you know, the market just, it doesn't last. So, yeah. So one of the things we wanted to talk about here is kind of like the social issues that are going on. Um, And they obviously are in comic books right now. It's so prevalent in our time. Everything's a social issue and that's not to take away from the importance, right. And the real world for, you know, racism, social issues, the LGBTQ community, all that. But comic books is kind of an escape, right? It's an escape from all the shit that exists in the real world, and it just, sometimes it does feel flooded right now, right, in the Marvel and the DC universe on all those issues. And uh, that's what I really loved about the appeal of the Ripperverse.
1: Yeah, that was a big point that, you know, we came out with our first trailer, and we talked about exactly that, where I was like, look, I'm staying away from that. And people know me as a person, like, certainly I'm not shy about where I'm at um, you know, politically or apolitically, if you depend on how how you want to put it, or anti-politically, because you know, as much as I right. might advise the government or anything, I'm I'm able to separate that because again, I know what comics meant for me. The real world sucks for a lot of people. Let's just be be uh right. here. So I wanted to create a world where people could there are universal truths, you know, good, evil, cut and dry. It doesn't matter where you where you kind of are on the on the political spectrum, you you can separate that and identify that. And I believe those are what are are more uh, focus is is to be on, as opposed to trying to beat my audience over over the head with my personal politics. Um, The great Stan Lee, you know, he talked about, Uh, There was one quote that I remember of his where he talked about like uh, where he would he would he he tried to put like social issues underlaying the plot, but never uh, to the point where he was beating the audience over the head with it. And that's what what it is that I am more interested in. uh, And like uh, I. I just want to go where the story goes. And it it makes sense. It it makes sense. But I'm not necessarily like going out of my way to try to check political boxes or social boxes. Uh, I don't think that that's that's worth it for my users, uh, for for my uh, readers or my customers. It it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense uh, to certainly do that. And, you know, I'm not oblivious. I know that because I talk about this stuff and I know that so many people, saw the, saw it for what it was the same thing that i things that i had seen so the fact that you know we didn't even try to reinvent the wheel here it was more like no i'm making something that has some level of familiarity in the sense that uh that you know superhero american comic books but in the same respects it, it, i'm not gonna do what these other guys right are doing. and and that that was a big appeal that was certainly a big appeal all i had to do is just say i won't do what they do and and people We're certainly into that. And that drew a lot of people in. I think people get under this kind of silly impression that maybe all of my uh, readers are on like the same exact wavelength politically. And that just couldn't be anything further from the truth. That's actually nonsensical. uh, All things considered, because for most people, you know, for for a lot of them, that's not even the driving point other than the fact that we are going to stay out of that um, for the most part. So, you know, that that's a big appeal. And I want to give people that out because I know folks go through some stuff, and I want people to, at minimum, to be able to take a step back, you know, get lost in 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 the world with the books that we're with, with that we're putting out, but also with the fandom. You know what I mean? With right. me, I talk to other people that are in this. We you know, we've seen little mini fandoms kind of pop up surrounding the Ripperverse theories and all that. That stuff is fun. Um, some of the best people that I've met in my life have been. Within the comic book culture, you know what I mean? And I know how important that was to me. And I want people to be able to experience that again, where they don't have to feel like, well, I differ maybe uh, politically, and I'm not welcome because, uh, you know, I may be leaning this way. Like, that's all nonsense. It's about the world in itself. Yeah. Um, And that's, to me, what what was a big driving force for why so many people got enthusiastic about it
0: yeah i mean we live in a a very like polarized time right now where you're either that or right or you're left and i don't think that's i think we agree on this it's not real like yeah the majority of people 80 percent of people are in the middle and are probably like yo that guy's crazy and that guy's crazy over there too they're both crazy as shit and the most of us are just like we're just trying to (laughs) survive here man and have a little bit of fun on the side but like also not stick your head in the sand and but it's not even a fine line. It's just it's it's very reasonable to do these things, and it does seem like you know Marvel for sure is definitely the worst of the big two in oh, my yeah. opinion in terms of like you said checking the boxes. Um, Justin and I talk about this a lot. Is you know obviously the uh, tokenization of characters mm-hmm. and right the changing of like you have these amazing characters like Spider Man and Captain America and uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage and stuff like that right like classic classic characters and then they find the need to instead increase in, instead of creating like a, a new amazing african-american character yep. well let's just make black spider-man or because yep. that's just the easy one right like yep. that will sell or hey let's get rid of iron fist and make it an actual you know shang or iron fist a new asian guy you know mm. something like that and it's just i feel like obviously i'm a white guy and uh <laughs> you know there's also a sense of like you know I'm not allowed to say these things because of like entitlement or whatnot. But mm. if I was a minority, I would feel moderately offended by this. I feel like, like you're saying that you can't make new characters. You can't make our culture representative in awesome characters. I mean, dude, Luke Cage is badass. Oh, yeah. Black Panther is badass. These 100%. are two great African
1: American characters that are amazing. Make more. Make more. <laughs> yeah, that's been my argument forever, you know, with tokenism. I think a lot of folks uh, would. They like to think that I have a position that I don't have. So, right. you know, definitely. So, if somebody white said it, it's like, well, you have a problem with if you speak against tokenization, you have a problem uh, with black characters. It's like, mm-hmm. no, nobody. I don't know mm-hmm. anybody that's actually said that. Nobody uh, feels that way. Yeah, <laughs> nobody feels that way. It's just that. Why are you having to take this character who had already we've already seen, we've know their stories, and then just make like a uh, a, a race swapped version mm-hmm. of them definitely when there's either characters that you know i'm definitely in my, marvel or dc's catalog that they have uh, that are already let's say not white male characters right um but you know if if you don't see the one that you'd want to exist go create them you exactly. know what i mean yeah. like it, it, it's as simple as that and yeah it yeah. is insulting because what they do is whether they and I don't want to say that they do it purposely or not, but because it's not really important. But what it is to me, it's like, OK, well, you look at a character like Spider-Man, who, you know, becomes one of the prominent, most prominent uh, superheroes of all time. It took decades of work. You know what I mean? Right. Like decades of, of of story and and character building to get to that point. To me, what it says is that they're not willing to do that same level of uh put put that same level of attention uh to work for a let's say a a character of a different race, mm-hmm. which is their own problem, and that's that is the problem. And yeah. you know, I'm, I'm look, man, I'm about as it's it can't get I saw him and Riververse can't get more obvious in this, in the fact that people absolutely will support a new character, right? From the uh, even if you start from a complete scratch, not like another derivative of another character, like just a fresh character. People are absolutely willing um, to, to do that if it, it, obviously it still needs to be good, it still needs yeah, right, to have, right. have some like catching point like you're not obligated to people's money or obligated for people to to people support however you absolutely can do it and we're, we're we're living proof of it that yes you can come up with original characters of whatever race and and make them let's say hit with the with the audience it just takes a little attention to detail and it certainly takes work and what Unfortunately, the current eras of, of the of the comic book industry, definitely with the with the established properties, have said that, well, we would rather not do that. We would yeah. just take the one that's already recognizable and just palette swap, which is kind of lazy.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we have like it, it's funny right now that there's a really good po- a poignant statement you made on on Spider-Man. Right. Like he wasn't just he didn't show up and he was immediately fan. You know, he was so badass. Like everyone. Don't get me wrong. People love Spider-Man but it took decades to get him to the point we're at. And I feel like we are in kind of a spot right now where we have a character, a black character in in Marvel, which was black Panther, Mm -hmm. who has been around for a good chunk of time. Right. But has never been super, super popular. I mean, honestly been hard pressed to keep a title running. It doesn't sell super well. It retcons, it restarts over and over again, but we are in kind of like an era now where they put in the time. They've created the character. I mean, from Wakanda, the origins to where Wakanda is now totally different. Yeah. The political structure in Wakanda is so much more interesting. The classic, the class social structure over there, so much more interesting than it was before when it was just a guy in a cat suit. Right. You know, so they've developed it more and you're seeing obviously with the MCU and the movies and, and whatnot that it's, it's becoming a richer character and it just, it it takes time. It takes
1: time and dedication to it. You just got to devote it and keep going. Um, yeah I, I mean i would agree with that wholeheartedly it's just that, that that's how art that's how entertainment works you know what i mean it's like you know some characters I, and i i I knew this with music I, I use this as an example all the time with like music and that you know i've been there where you know i'm in backwards i've been in fire from the guys Bill, We i've been in billboard charting you know like bands right Mm -hmm. and i know the old rule is don't get married to a song because you never know you know you may think you got the best song in the world that the audience is gonna love and they may think it's okay but then you buried a song that's in your album that you didn't make as a single and that ends up being like one of the most popular songs on the record the b-side right something on the b-side here. and people are like this is dope so it happens like that that's how it sometimes uh works works out but it does take work it takes effort to get to that mm-hmm. to get to that point and i think that's the part of it all where, where why the tokenization let's say as an example is something that's so attractive because it's basically you, the work doesn't have to be done at all it's just right. hey it's already baked in people at least recognize this name or suit or something like that so we yep. can just swap things and bam we're 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 ready to go whereas like, starting from some from scratch you don't have that that previous uh let's say like jumping point and it can be a little difficult but to me I, as an artist just as a straight up artist i welcome that and that's the fun part that's the innovative right, part right. Uh, of it all to let's let's make this hit and uh you know i'm just glad that for example with our work you know people love are, are enthusiastic about isom but it ain't just isom you know it's yaira it's these other characters mm. that got uh, introduced that people are like i want to know more about that and that, and that to me is uh, it shows that there's absolutely a demand for this type of stuff
0: yeah man so justin just joined us justin welcome to the podcast hey what's going on
2: (laughs) what's going on eric what's up Uh, so glad you could jump on here you know uh i unfortunately uh i missed some stuff but uh i'm I'm excited to re-listen to it and uh, i'm a big fan over you know the past couple of months uh you know i'll kind of give you real quick like my introduction of you uh it was back in july and i was at my gym working out in the morning and all of a sudden they're talking about RipaVerse on like fox news and i was just like (laughs) it's like comic books and like the gym. I'm like, wait, 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 wait what's <laughs> like, going on? So the, I was like,
0: on the news. What's yeah. Happening? I was like, it was like, right. I think it was right First around like July, San Diego yeah.
2: comic-con time. Yeah. Like, and yeah. I'm just like, I go, Zach, I was like, you got to check this out. Like, you know, look into this guy, Eric July and the Ripper Ripperverse. I was like, and you know, Zach, you know, picked up your book, you know, and I was just like, I like it, you know, and there's a lot of stuff that some crazy stuff. Like I've been, I, it's so funny. I don't know if you guys talked about music, but Zach and I oh, are yeah. big rockers. So like, yeah. I actually have been listening to you Probably for quite a long time. Like, I have a ton of gym playlists, and yeah. one of your songs is on my gym playlist awesome, for probably awesome. like at least a year. And I didn't even know for backwards. Like, I was awesome. like,
1: awesome. I, like, I
2: looked it up. I was like, holy shit, Rachel Eyes, yeah. like the, the vocalist. <laughs> so uh, glad you could be on the podcast. Sorry I'm late, but uh, yeah, let's continue, man.
0: Yeah. So I, I do want to talk about like the music stuff here after uh, down the line, but let's jump in, let's jump into ice let's jump into the characters mm-hmm. and the story. And I'm going to tell you what, right out the gate, right. You know, obviously we talked about kind of what you were trying to accomplish with the book. And I hope this is a compliment. But when I was reading it, I was like, fuck man, am I back in the nineties? This is amazing. Like, cause uh, the nineties are like the era of comics. Like yeah. Justin and I are the same age. We're both 38 years old, you know, 39 years old. And it's like, say what you will about 90s comics but that was the glory days that's yeah, when you had like us, yeah everything was amazing and i was like man it's like i'm reading a 90s comic again this is fun this is great and um i loved you spoke about this a little bit earlier how you had kind of like plotted out your whole universe right and so in my head i picture you've got like dry erase boards and yarn yeah. and everything <laughs> and all these like yeah. secret shit right so um and i remember there's a panel where uh isa meets um oh man the guy who makes his suits can't remember his
1: name right oh now. cedric cedric yes cedric yes. yes
0: and it says like story will be told later in like a yeah. little box later so it's like oh shit so they already know there's more stuff and so um Give the give the readers who maybe haven't read it. Give them a little teaser trailer. And what are we looking at here with Isom?
1: Yeah. So Isom obviously was the he was the the first character that I did create create with the uh, Ripperverse. And he was one of those like everything was done purposely. This was the he was the character that I had the most input on and in co- collaborating with my um, my concept artist and that I actually drew, even though I can't really draw a lick. Uh, Drew out (laughs) the actual suit and I wanted it as simple as it actually is for that reason, because I'm like, okay, this is going to be our launching kind of character. I want there to be some level of familiarity familiarity with him as a as a person, as well as uh, more so as a. uh, it going being completely original, but you see it. And like you mentioned, like that era when we grew up, like you see right. it and you're like, well, yeah, that that's a character that could have yeah. done probably of an archetype. Dec- right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that mm. could have done decently during that era. You know what I mean? And that's what I wanted to do. That's why it's is a, as simple as it is, because that was the uh that, that was the whole goal. So, of course, you know, Avery Silman being the character that we, we created, you know, we we're picking up with the story. Uh, after he had basically stopped being a hero you know what i mean and you know now we're kind of moving into this era where you know okay he he has this big city that he lives on the outside of that he tries to stay away but because of various things he keeps having to go back and you know with isom we're taking him through uh with his sister Mm -hmm. is the one that drives that kind of plot there where you know she has basically with a family friend to both of them and because he wants to, you know, help her out, or rather his mom, he knows that, well, if, if I don't help out this family friend who's looking for a daughter, like, I'm, I'm going to hear it. So I'm going to go ahead and deal with this. And, you know, obviously it turns into one of the longest days in, in his life, and that's when he's running into all these different characters. Uh, Santon, San there's history there, Yaira, uh, and certainly uh, all of that. But, you know, with with the book itself, you get kind of the the – where he's at like oh he's on his own he has his own like ranch you know what i mean that that you know has obviously employees uh that are there that's very very important to him he has a staff and and all of that and i wanted to try to do as as organic as i could to you know, there's launching points. You mentioned like the ending with like uh or towards the ending where he meets up with the guy that made his suit and Cedric. Mm-hmm. You can you see that and you're like, well, there's more to that story. There's a history there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's history. You know, there's other branching branching off points, and and that's what I want the reader to be able to understand. So you know, when we move into, for example, some Two, uh, which will be the next book that come out through the Riververse, you know, we can dive a little more in. But you know, there's other plot there's other plot points, launching points where that that mm-hmm. may make sense. Four other books, and that was so fun for me because immediately once it was out, I saw people like having their theories of who this character is. what is Yara, what is her origin, of, as far as what, what's going on with that. Uh, San Antoine, what's the history? Because you see, that they he knew that you know that like San Antoine, when he mm-hmm. hits the club, he knew that mm-hmm. um, you know, Darren Fontano's except was a except, he knew that he had powers. How did he know that? Well, you right. know, it's history, like you all that doing that and weaving that kind of into the story was so fun for me. And I know it's fun for the audience and definitely for people that are still picking up uh, on the story. Like it's something that's easy. It's a digestible read. Uh, You can get into it. And you, you really know where the kind of plot points are, are the jumping off points. And it, it gets you kind of excited for the future.
0: Yeah, you you got great characters in there, like you said. Yaira is super interesting. She's got—is she a criminal? Is she a good guy? Yep. Like, what's and she doing? Up. What's her deal, man? And then you got Alpha Core. Like, who are these guys? Are they like the police officers, Are they like the, are they like the broke ass Justice League of this universe? Because they also kind of seem like they're not quite with it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. They're also yeah. there's there's some shadiness. It feels like to those guys. But the one that's really cool, and you know, like Justin was kind of talking about the music, but. You had a little, like, um, I don't know what's called an epilogue or, like, a, a bonus yeah. scene at the end with uh, Norfrika, oh, right? Is yeah, that, yeah, am I saying yeah. that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, they're, like, a metalcore band, right? Yeah. But they're also, it feels like they're chasing
1: after some demons or maybe some aliens or something going on. We'll see more of them in the future, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, most definitely. That was a fun one. And, obviously, with the music stuff, that was kind of one that was a little more... Uh, personal to, mm-hmm. to me you know what I mean to be able to put like an actual metal band like in in the deal and that was an idea I had had long ago it's like how can I do something cool uh something like that I think it's uh like the music element and how that kind of weaves into uh, uh like actual fiction I right. think it's something that hasn't been been explored nearly enough there's just so much uh that you can do with that and that was kind of my my way to do that so we've got man we've got so much plans so many on plans cited yeah we yeah. got plans i got a lot of plans <laughs> with, that, with those with those uh, with that band let's just say that yeah. uh going into the future that we're gonna have a lot of fun with and i know the audience is as well and that was cool you know i did a poll not too long ago on my social media asking people like hey just you know not even giving straight up characters um, or giving them the options. It wasn't a poll like it. Like, Hey, I was like, Hey, leave in the comments, man. Who, what characters do you want to hear about uh, mm-hmm. a little more, or rather, you're most intrigued to learn more about? It. And you know, it, it, it would range, it would talk about Alpha Core, talk about uh, the guy that makes the suits, it talks about San Juan, or, or you know, Darren Fontano. like this uh, Jasmine, like what role does she play in it, right? Like it, it was so yeah, there's something with her for sure, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. so mm-hmm. it, it's it's so much, and that's to me is the fact that and, and it, it it may sound a little corny, but it's honest. Like the fact that people are enthusiastic about comics for comics, again, like with it, with this world meant the world to me. You know what I mean? Because I love that about it, because ultimately that's what it was about. People can knock me for whatever. They don't like my politics or what. I don't care about that. The fact that there's people getting lost in this world already and are actually excited for just comics in general, that can only benefit our industry, uh, the comic book industry and uh, other people as well. And I just like that people having fun.
2: Yeah, you're you're definitely talking to two people that read a lot of comics. Like <laughs> it's you know we're Zach and I. There's a lot of YouTube channels out there, a lot of podcasts, and people can kind of like float the line like if they're really a, a reader. But I mean, Zach and I literally every week we talk about the comics that we read, whether it's old stuff, new stuff, but uh, it, it changes. And uh, you know, Rip for Isom, like, are you the only gonna? Are you the only person that's gonna be writing? No, or do you have some other people that are? In mind,
1: not, not at all. Like so, right now we have Isom too. That's obviously worked on the same team as myself, Cliff Richards, Gay, Bell Taib, uh, Eric, do the uh, lettering again. But there's also two other announced projects that we have, uh, unannounced projects that I've talked about, but I haven't announced the team or what the stories are gonna gonna be that are currently in the works. That like have already like we have full scripts for both of them uh, as of uh, well for a while. We're probably like thirty pages in or so of, of pencil and ink. Uh, for that one uh, probably like 12 or so pages 12 15 pages of of color for one of those and then one the other or the other one is starting pencil and ink today it started today so oh, wow. we're going to be moving um and i'm not don't i am not the only. I don't, I don't write those other two stories there's a t- mm-hmm. different uh, art team uh but it is fun uh to to kind of because again, this is all about continuity for me. So the fun part of it is dealing with other writers and we're having to have a conversation. It's not, I know with like current, current at least when I not up until the point where I just said I'm done with having a pull list. You know what I mean? Up through the last couple of years, uh, like, you know, it, the fact that, you know, you there's no conversation, there's no real publication kind of release calendar that makes any sense for a lot of these uh, different, like we're definitely with the big two, where it's like, you feel that, that writer, unless it was like a tie in World of Realms or something like that. Yeah. But outside of that, you know, it, it doesn't feel like that that could be that there could be one team or a writer writing the same character as another. And, you know, they didn't have any conversation as mm-hmm. far. What is uh-huh. he doing in your book? You know what I mean? Or what had just happened? So we can at least make this look cohesive. And for us, that is such an important thing. And because we're at the ground level, it's fun I already have. When I'm speaking to the other team members or the writers that are doing the thing, we have to have a meeting and have a conversation. Like, I had to break down everything, what the uh, ideas are. I give them a glimpse of the of the uh, world and the and the universe Bible. I give that entry so they can have that point of reference. And then, you know, I, I'm reading over the story. And if I say, hey, that doesn't make sense because of what happened nice on, we scrapped that. So it's all about... Uh, that having that level of like cohesiveness with not just with the team but with just a, a comprehensive sort of uh, uh, like story is is certainly what it's about with our world and and that's the fun thing to do when you're dealing with these other writers. I, I can't wait to announce them at some point because they are industry veterans and a lot, oh, you, a, lot a lot. You of don't want
0: to know. make it a Comic Con podcast. <laughs> me, <I guess. laughs> like,
1: not quite. Not quite. We're almost ready. We're almost okay. ready. But I know so many people are going to be absolutely uh, enthusiastic about some of the art teams that are involved with it too. one in particular. I know a lot of folks are going to be stoked on because we did. uh, Let's just say that there is a artist that's on it that had been part of one of the more successful books, let's say in the last half decade, uh, that will be uh, on this project. And I know a lot of people are going to be excited about it. Are you planning on keeping
0: like the same format, like like the graphic novel, 64 pages? You ever going to move to kind of like the issues? Like what's the game plan with that?
1: I like the uh, it's hard for me to justify let's say like the typical floppy. I know um uh, it's I know that's like the industry standard but for me I like the idea of of being able to tell like I don't have to jam pack a story right. with too much uh mm-hmm. going too fast or anything and I can uh, we are artists and, and I guess let me say this with our writers that was one thing that they thanked me for I will say that both of them ironically enough despite having I didn't initiate it where they were like thanks for giving us the time to just like tell the story you know what right. I mean instead of feeling like I have mm-hmm. to tell it over several issues I could I could tell it in one but I have enough pages to do it you know what I mean so they feel like they could do their best work so I do like the uh format you know with Ripperverse being, or excuse me, with Ison being like 96 pages, I will say that all the next three books that we will release all have at least 90 pages uh, on them. So they're all going to be big. And I think that will be more of the standard as opposed to, you know, just doing the floppies. It gives people more bang for their book. um, And, you know, they can really get lost in the story, which means that, you know, it also works economically for us because we're not forced to have to, like put out a book every week right. or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just like, hey, here, uh, you know, I basically pumped in what is going to be the equivalent to what four to six issues of like yeah. a standard floppy in one book. You know what I mean? So that's that's four to six months. You know what I mean? Uh, that that we <laughs> just put in material that they got in one in one sitting. So it just um, it just makes sense to have it this way. And uh, you look, I, I I won't say that we won't change, but I just. I think this will more than likely be our model going in the future.
0: Well, the content des- definitely is great in terms of you know the price tag justifies the content. Like what yep. you're getting is what you, what you said. Like you said, it's what you pay for. I mean, it's great. So, um, you I know, mean, Justin and I, like we said, read weekly books, and sometimes you'll read a, an issue in a week and like nothing happened in
1: it. Yeah. You're just like goddamn yeah. man, yeah. you know,
0: and it's just Biden time till the next issue or whatever the arc. So.
2: It and is, Especially man. like uh, like new stuff like, you know, Zach and I pretty much on anybody out there, you read like a new book from a new content creator, it, you know, learning a new u- universe. So like the Ripperverse, if you read that in like 20, 25 pages and you guys don't come out with an issue for like three to six months, people yes. are going to be like, oh, what happened? So exactly. having having that longer, you know, larger format it's perfect because if you, if you don't understand something, it's easy. All right. I could just go back like 10 pages to read it. Like yep. instead of, Oh man, I got to read the previous two issues because I can't remember what happened in yep. this issue.
0: Yep. How'd you, um, how'd you settle on like Cliff Richards and Gabe Altaib? How did that all come about? Cause the artwork's amazing too. I mean, it's not just the story yeah. here and I'm not an art guy. Justin's our art guy. I'm the story guy. <laughs> But like, you know, obviously shitty art makes the story kind of like hard to read at times. Yeah, oh, Artwork yeah. <laughs> is great and it's classic looking. So, yeah, how'd you how'd you get your team?
1: Yeah. And that's funny. Like I'm more I'm more like you uh, in sense of like uh, like I'm a, I've been a big story guy, but I I knew not to slack on the mm-hmm. on the art. So I wanted to make sure that I had the let me say like I needed industry veterans that knew exactly what they were doing. Um, And that's what I saw. Like I'm like, okay, this guy that's been a creative. I've never let my audience down with anything. It is that I put out there, and then I'm going to be talking up this this thing. So I'm like, okay, I need to make sure that whatever I come out with is comparable to anything being put out there uh, in the industry. Mm-hmm. Period. You know what I mean? Like to anything that they that people if they're still reading Marvel or DC stuff or Image or IDW or whoever. They need to be sure to like, let me just say this. If it's on the stand at a comic book shop and it's brand new, somebody picks that up, flips through it. They, it needs to be something that they feel like, okay, I can at least entertain it. Right. right. And in order to do uh-huh. that, I needed to get people that knew what it is that they were doing. So uh, I came across, cause it was a, a lot. Availability was a big part of it. Uh, and Cliff, you know what I mean, was it felt like a hand and glove fit because he got it. You know what I mean? Like right off the rip as I was vetting people. You know what I mean? So we kind of the one that's I guess it's less of a sexy story with Cliff. It was like, (laughs) hey, you are the best uh, uh, in terms of what what I know that's available for us right now. And you and you are available for us right now and you get it. You know what I mean? So let's bring you on. You know what I mean? We talked business stuff. We made it happen. But. Gabe is a little more intriguing because obviously Gabe had just come off of the like uh Superman stuff that was uh, doing that he was doing color, color work for in DC. And because he had did something which to his credit was very ballsy and essentially let he, he let people know because he didn't like the direction maybe of the content, he's like all right, I'm I got I'm I'm done here. You know what I mean? And that was that was that was ballsy because you know, as it works, man, it's like a click, man, with, with a lot of, with the, with the comic book stuff, with the art, that's the ugly side of it. It is Uh clicky, uh, with it. And he knew right from the get go that that probably means I'm done. Like being hired Mm -hmm. for like, who who he wanted to work with he had been working for for multiple decades as well as of course that's your dream as a kid being an artist to go work for the B- DC and Marvel or, or whatever he had did exactly that but he knew doing what he did that was probably done so I had uh with Ethan van Sciver who linked us up because he's like hey man he's gonna be on his way out uh you know what I mean you, you chat with him because we know I hadn't, like, wrote I, – well, I wrote the story, but I hadn't settled on a colorist or or anything. He just knew where I was at with my process, and he said, hey, just at least chat with him because he's going to be available. So him and I hit it off, like, we just – just just as people, you know what I mean? Right. Like, we hit it off immediately. Like, him and I talk a lot, you know what I mean? And, you know, definitely for people that seen us in streams, like, him and I like a, like, you know, just – personality wise we are compatible let's just say that and he's obviously a phenomenal uh, colorist so it, it worked out it certainly worked out with him walking away from that and i'm like all right i know now even though this is my it's not my first creative project it's not my first time even writing like sequ- sequential like uh material i've been ghost writing for for a minute but as far as my own personal comic book with my name on it, Mm -hmm. well, my company, this is the first one. You know what I mean? It's a big deal, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's important. And look, man, I I know what my shortcomings are. I'm not one of those guys that thinks he knows every single thing about everything. I knew that an important part of this, if this was going to work, I needed to surround myself with people that know the game, that know know as far as like what they would have told if Cliff or Gabe thought that what I was writing sucked, they would have told me. Like, they would have like been like, this is probably not the route that you go. And, and and they would have told me. But also, in just bringing my story to life, I needed people that knew what they were doing. And it worked out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I surrounded myself with professionals. And those guys did a phenomenal job uh, bringing this bad boy to life.
0: Yeah, you know, that's it's unfortunate to, to kind of hear that. It does feel like the industry has kind of become uh, riddled with gatekeepers, so to speak. Right? Like, so if you piss someone mm-hmm. off, you don't do it Right you're blacklisted or yeah. whatever, you know, and it's unfortunate because it should just be creativity rises to the top period. You got a good story to tell, you got good art to do. That's it. That's all that should matter. I mean, it's a business in and of the at the end of the day and you're appealing to the masses. So like you got a good story to tell, write that story. Um, yeah. But no, it's always good to also, you know, find those people that you work well with that are on the same page as you. And, you know, it, experiences like that are, I mean, that makes the game, you know, it would have been different if, like you said, you start your own company, you do your first comic kind of with your name on it and you're pulling teeth the whole time. So, I mean, that yeah. sounds miserable. Right. Yeah. So
1: um, that's awesome, man. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I felt I felt good. Like it really like I walked away from after seeing I saw one before we put it out. It's about being sent over to the printer. Like I felt good about the project itself. It was fun. You know, me, Cliff and. And, of course, Gabe, we had a great workflow in terms of how what works. Those guys are of the utmost professional um, in terms of what it is that they do great at, at their jobs, and they made it easy for me. And it it just it had to succeed. Just considering how good it was going, it was like it had no other – it couldn't fail, you know right. what I mean, just, just considering that. And, like I said, I'm so thankful to be able to have, again, guys like that uh, be a part of this, uh, the first comic book and comic books in the future, because that's the type of stuff that you need if you're going to get out there and be great.
2: How did you feel as, uh, you know, I, I don't know if, if you guys spoke on this, but seeing your book on the top 10, you know, a few weeks ago.
1: That was nuts. Um, th- Like, OK, I knew we were going to see success. And I'm going to be completely honest. That was not expected. I <laughs> market to do what it did. And I certainly didn't expect to get three point seven million dollars. Like I legitimately did not expect that. So when I saw that, you know, we were basically where we were at, um, you know, like that was it was us and like spawn definitely that that week that it came out, like some aftermarket in terms of where people were investing. I was like, well, that, I didn't know that was going to be the case. for me. Even <laughs> now, like the cover A and cover B, like those are selling double, whatever, triple, what everybody paid for it right now, if you even try to get it from eBay. You know mm. every comic book shop biggest my biggest comic book retail online retailers like like uh, my comic shop.com was selling they couldn't sell out enough you know what i mean because they were just going that i was not i didn't anticipate like at all you know what i mean mm. and it, it is it could be overwhelming for for it could have been my team and i thankfully man i got a bunch of rock stars that work at at the river man and everybody from my customer customer relations team on to my financials. All these guys are absolute rock stars, and they made they made sure that wherever everybody stepped up, picked up. It's, it's a startup at the end of the day, so everybody's picking up new gigs that that maybe they weren't doing before, just to make sure that the wheels keep churning. <laughs> but it, it was nuts, and I I didn't anticipate that. I had no idea that it was going to do what it was to make a million dollars on all our product and uh, with uh, after like it was basically in the first day. Like I was like, what in the world did what what is happening here? You know what I mean? Like I tried to prove for ourselves, you know, I thought we had more than enough in terms of server capacity. These guys are breaking my website because <laughs> it was insane <laughs> uh, that all that was going down, but it was a wonderful experience. We got the stress test so much, which is good. So yeah, you know, for sure. Uh, definitely with the next campaign, some of those problems that we have with the website won't be, won't be a problem, but, just to see people that stoked about getting their hands on the material was uh, it was it was special, man. I didn't expect it.
0: So before we move on to like uh, talk some music here, I want to talk about backwards a little bit. But um, when can we expect Isom Number Two? So if
1: all things goes well, like for sure Q one of uh, of twenty twenty three, that should be a thing. Okay. Um, like that that it, where it falls in there is a little more difficult, but. That should be very doable because basically by the end of the year, at least for pencil and ink, it should be done. We'll still have letters and uh, other stuff. And obviously we have to get the bad boy printed. But at least with pencil and ink and, and, and colors, like which are the big that's the big the big things, uh, those will be done. So it will allow us to get this out basically as quick as we can, just making sure that the printer is going to be ready to go. Definitely with us falling in, starting to fall in the yearbook season, and it gets weird uh, with all of that stuff. So all things considered, Q- Q- Q1 Q for sure. But the good thing about it is is because those other projects are being worked on, and I'm going to be starting on whatever next project, item three, I don't know, uh, <laughs> here soon enough. Uh, there'll be more back-to-back-to-back, you know what I mean, mm. in terms of cam- campaigns and, like, the, the, the actual books that people will be able to purchase. I don't want to nickel and dime everybody. I don't want to give them too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, But it will be like people should expect. We can have an actual release calendar, and, like, people know once this campaign ends, next one starts. And that's kind of how we wanted it to be, and I think we're going to be put- putting ourselves in that position going into next year. So Q1. Q one, where it falls, we'll see. But Q one for sure of uh, nice, Q3. awesome. Yeah, we can't. I
0: can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, Justin, you wanna, let's let's kick off the uh, the
2: rock talk here. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I've done my homework, and it, it's just wild. Like, you know, I follow you on YouTube, and you're also a content creator. Like, you know, the like where Zach and I have both come from. But you know, content creator, writer, creator of your own universe, and also vocalist. So uh zach and i are are both like rockers been you know i'm i'm from new jersey i'm from like the 90s you know new jersey new york hardcore Hardcore, yeah like like, i'm back in the day like that old stuff so like when i found out that you know i was listening i had like like i said i had two of your songs on like my play my gym playlist and then i was just like damn i gotta check this out and dude some good stuff some really good (laughs) stuff so like how did you get into that like where where did you start? You yeah. know, were you uh, always like a vocalist or did you start on like, you know, guitar, drums or just like it's, I got the verbs like I got it?
1: Yeah, like so I've been a writer, obviously, and a performer in terms of like actual like vocals, be it in um like different genres. Like since I was a teenager, you know, I grew up in the Texas kind of scene where, you know, the people were mixtapes out of the trunk type type stuff in the 2000s and all of that when I was coming up. So for me, that was a big part of kind of what it was that I was uh, doing before, rap, R and B stuff like that, uh, uh, along those lines. I had always been a guy that was in the rock, uh, based stuff, where it be metal, hardcore stuff. I was always into that stuff. It's just that I never like really started to perform it until like I was in, uh, like I was in a college, right? So for me. It was like uh, I was like all right, well, I'm meeting other guys that are into this type of stuff. Let's see what 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 can happen. And you know, I I I didn't start doing vocals. I started being on. That was during the like keyboard metalcore days when Mm -hmm. people actually well metalcore bands had like keyboardists and stuff. And that's what I did. Uh, And then that turned into like being obviously doing backup vocals because I could obviously hold a note. And then it got to a point to where I was like, you know what? Why don't I give the vocal part of try kind of do it in my like car when i'm driving a shower or (laughs) something like that and i can obviously sing you know but you know let's add some more uh like actual screams and doing all that kind of stuff let's see what i can do uh and how it sounds and really my test of that market was uh on my youtube doing vocal covers right back in like the early 2010s and and stuff like that and the audience responded that was kind of my first big uh my second big rather like push for my channel like my youtube channel was me doing a bunch of vocal covers and obviously out of that i joined fire from the gods you know what i mean in the early 2010s you know and being like the vocalist that uh, a lot of people think i was the first vocalist in that band i wasn't i was actually the like third. actually technically yeah they've gone
2: through a couple yeah yeah, yeah i was I actually that, the
1: third and i was just the one that obviously the sound that they have now like i was the one that Took it there. And like because it was a death core band when I joined it. You know what I mean? So I was the one that came in. OK, let's add some let's add some uh singing. Obviously, that was the first kind of step. And people know East Egg here. Uh, not even East Egg is more like inside of stuff. A lot of people don't know. Like I got a lot of pushback. It was like the band was split on like the adding like the rap elements, which basically that, be, that ended up becoming like really part of it. That was like, uh it was a lot of people got put, we got pushback on that within the band. Like mm. a lot of people, they knew I could do it. And, you know, we had some guys that were like, hey, you, he needs to do that because he's obviously very talented. And that will separate us from the rest of the like- uh, Oh, of course. That, that are in this genre, because he can act, it's not like coming off as some corny rap stuff. Like he can actually spit Um and it, it would sound good. And, you know, it. we ended up doing it obviously. And out of that, I ended up leaving uh, after kind of, doing you know having our initial success and i formed backwards and that was that was what took us off uh from there and you know it was one thing led into another um and you know i was learning so much about the industry it's funny we're talking about earlier how just there's a lot of crossover with the music industry and the comic book industry especially as it pertains to how the artists and their approach and you know i just i love love to ask the question of why and that's what backwards was backwards saw the success because we were like okay, I understand that everybody else is doing it this way, but why? And then when nobody can answer me as to why, I'm like, okay, well, we're going to do it our way, and whatever happens, happens. And, <laughs> yes, number one alternative new artist, number two Heat Seeker album on the Billboard, and the rest was history. So it was one thing led into another, and I had a lot of growth between, like, 2010, 2015. There was so much growth I had as a vocalist um, and a performer of just metal and, and like, hard rock-based stuff and uh, thankfully i went that route man because uh that that certainly changed my life and in in i don't you can't even say it didn't because yeah it did lead into what i'm doing right now because that gave me the initial financial boost to be mm-hmm. able to invest in other projects like right. versus so it worked out
0: so backwards first appearance is in like the last page of Isom Number One, right? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, how about how how accurate are your bandmates? Like how accurately were they
1: drawn in that? Were they pissed they about it? Were like, yo, that don't look like me? Uh, no, well, it, it, it was funny. I think the only thing that that was funky, even though he can play it both ways, Brian is depicted as a he's a left-handed guitarist. He could play right because most okay. guitars are made for right, right? Obviously, but uh, he's depicted playing it right which uh, right-handed uh, guitarist when he probably should have been a left-handed because with us he plays left, left-handed. left But other than that, Cliff nailed it, Cliff nailed it. And that was a fun <laughs> little little page to put in there because we get asked all the time because I, I bit off all these ventures. I do this, I do the Blaze, I do all that. A lot of people are like, when are we going to get the next Backwards album? And, you know, that was my way to be able to say, yeah, you're going to get it. it it's it's going to be, we're going to be back and rocking and rolling uh, again. So that was a fun little thing uh, to awesome. do.
0: So I, I I saw something else about you that uh, you ran track and field in yes. college. So did I. What uh? What'd
1: you run? I ran 100, 100 a 200, 200. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I was a hurdler, man. Uh, oh, hurdles, nice. Four hundred nice. hurdles, four by four, that kind of stuff. So. Nice, nice. Yeah, I would. I 100, 200 guy did four hundred when I absolutely had to. <laughs> uh, um, was the worst. The, yeah, I was. That's a man's race, man. I wouldn't. I wouldn't built for that. Uh, but yeah, that was that was um, fun times. I was in. My last year I was uh, of that, I was still in I was in fire from the God. So, yeah, that was uh, that was a cool little little uh, thing to do uh, because some of them coming to my meets and stuff like that. So it was cool. That's cool, man.
0: So, uh, Justin, anything else before we get into what we're currently reading?
1: No, uh, no, not
2: really. Uh, We could definitely go right into what we're currently reading this week. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Once you lead us off, Justin.
2: Uh, yeah, so this is a, it was a big week. There's a lot of big, we, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're back to that, uh, middle of the, middle of the pack stuff. So, uh, you know, this, this week had, uh, two interesting books for, for me, Uh, of course, you know, coming out of last month's annual for Batgirls. Uh, of course I like this month's, the, this month's regular Batgirls issue number 15, was it? Of course, that's kind of like my honorable mention. If you read, if you heard me speak about the annual, you know that kind of Cassidy and uh, you had Stephanie both kind of switched roles, kind of like a Freaky Friday thing, and you kind of get a continuation with what's going on there. But the, you know, my one pick of the week this week and done by, uh, you know, Canto creator David Bauer, the, the specs from Boom Studios. I don't know if you picked up those first two issues,
0: Zach. I know what you're talking about, but no.
2: Yeah, so uh, it continues kind of like that little horror thing, you know, these two guys, they get these pair of glasses that they see in the, uh, you know, in like the newspaper or comic magazine, they buy them and basically they wish and things happen and it kind of trails off. The the second issue definitely, you know, kind of starts giving you vibes of more horror and, you know, what types of issues you have with the powers that you can have with just a pair of glasses and then, you know, the the fallouts of what happens, so... Um, definitely check out Specs uh, from Boom Studios. Definitely a great book uh, for for my two books this week. What about you, man?
0: Cool. So um, let's see. Let's see. So one I've talked about before, which uh, issue two came out this week, was Hell to Pay from... Oh, yeah. That's right. That you were talking about Image, me. yes. Charles Soule. I love Charles Soule. Um, and I really love it. Like I said, it's like Indiana Jones meets like the exorcist and like hell and all this shit like that and it's really cool and they're kind of building their own little universe and they, they're they hinting at the end you know six part arc here six part arc there but like a whole little mini universe which i like you know and obviously you know that, that's the appeal right you just sometimes what kind of sucks about these independent titles is it's just you know 12 issues and you never see it again but um i really love hell to pay um i also picked up mark millar's nightclub number one which i thought was pretty fun um Kid gets vampire powers, boom, there we go. You know, you know, vampires they, they ain't been around in a while, so it's kind of cool seeing some vampires again. And if you're looking for a price tag, this thing was one ninety nine. So it's kinda hard to beat.
2: Um Yeah, I heard about that. That they're doing this entire series at one ninety nine. They're yeah. beating, you know, Marvel and DC just to you know, get people back into that, I guess what was that, like the early two thousands price? One ninety nine.
0: Yeah, and, you know, if you're playing the spec game, everyone knows Millar's kind of got his uh, hands in the Netflix scene over there. So if you're trying to flip a book or see some book come up, you know, it's not a bad read. I enjoyed it. And then the other one I really liked was uh, Boom Studios' A Vicious Circle. And I didn't really it's, – it's a kind of the prestige format, you know, the Batman Dam type thing. Um, it's got Lee Bermejo art, which is obviously fantastic. And the story's kind of crazy, man. I, didn't, I had no idea what the story was going to be going into it, but it's kind of like a time travel thing where – this guy's hunting another guy and they're trying to prevent some, I don't know much about it because it's only the first issue, some device from being started. That might be the end of the world. One guy's trying to make sure the device gets started. One guy's trying to end it. And as they're in the universes together, the time, the time zones together, they stay there until what seems like one of them kills someone. So if they kill someone, Hmm. boom, they move to like a different time and it's wild. Uh, It's very interesting. Really kind of like a quantum it. leap. Yes, dude, it had mad quantum leap vibes, which you know, all I right. was really like I was all about that. Um, but it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah. Eric, how about you? You read any, I know you kind of said you gave up some of the Yeah, goals, but-
1: well, yeah, but you know, obviously I'm reading all the time, um, uh, either leisure time just to kind of kick back or I am working on some content and believe it or not, you know, he caught me at a great time because I'm working on this uh long-form uh video. I know everybody knows I'm not the biggest fan of uh, Miles Morales, but I have this uh, video that I'm working on that's um, that's talking kind of about that because uh, I think there's a lot of people just seem to forget Ultimate Comics. Uh, and his obviously, well, he's the third volume <laughs> of this technically of Ultimate Comics, Spider-Man. Right. So as a refresher for that video, I was going back uh, in my actual, you know, Long boxes and pulling some of those old material, not just with him, but also that second that second volume of Ultimate Comics uh, with uh, with Peter, the younger Peter uh, Mm -hmm. and, and reading some of those because there's some stuff that we talk about with similarities and origin and all that. Uh, when, when talking about the history so that's been what i have been doing and that obviously includes that first volume the spider-man volume of miles morales as well which is like what 2015 2016 i can't uh remember but uh yeah it, it's been fun to kind of get get caught up and uh, obviously be able to talk about that stuff uh certainly in in a video because yeah i Look, man, I had my gripes over the years and, you know, definitely when I was doing all those videos or reviews, these are books that I was spending hundreds of dollars on, man, throughout the week reading this material, even if I thought it sucked. uh, uh-huh. So, you know, it, it does feel good to kind of get back to doing that type of content. And that's kind of where it's taken me this past week.
0: You know, I, I recently I mean, it was earlier this year. I can't remember. I did a, re- a read through as well because I, I loved the ultimate stuff when it came out. It was like mm-hmm. a revamp. It was a good jumping on point, And I reread the Bendis spider-man the x-men yeah. stuff even the ultimate fantastic four which to be honest had a better read through the second time around yeah. until yeah a lot of, of, of that stuff, stuff. does yeah. yeah yeah so you got to the later issues and those were kind of like the thanos shit was god awful but yeah. um <laughs> but yeah dude and you know the ultimate stuff it's it's nice it's it's some good shit yeah. I, I enjoy that so yeah
1: that was fun it's That's That's cool yeah.
0: so eric first off before we kind of like break off and say thank you why don't you go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you on all your platforms and everything
1: Yes, uh, Eric D. July, obviously, on all like main social media is going to be the handle, be that Twitter, Instagram or whatever. Uh, Young Ripper Five Nine, obviously, on the more video platforms like YouTube. Of course, you can find me there still posting. Well, just now, because I'm not stuck at a warehouse all the time, Uh, getting back to posting regularly uh, videos pertaining to various topics. Um, there and obviously we have a ripperverse.com. If you want to learn more about my company and what it is that we're doing, uh, you can, you can still get in. We're actually having a holiday sale right now. You can still get in, uh, and get cover seat of ISOM number one. Uh, we'll get it to you very quickly. Um, if, if you want to get in on a universe and yeah, soon enough, man, that's that's where it's all at ripperverse.com. I don't even like telling people about my stuff. Go to the riververse <laughs> if you want to support anything it is that I'm doing. And uh, get some books out of it. So either way, man, this has been certainly fun uh, for me. It's always good to just chat about comics. Yeah, and we didn't even talk about this when if you order a book, that
0: shit comes mailed legit. Like they, you got your like specialty. It's not even a Gemini. It's nope. like a specialty box. Yeah. It looks good. It comes protected. I mean, it was on point. So appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. that
1: was something we spent a lot of money on, like uh, just getting the box design. You know, I worked with a little company out of out of Dallas here. And um, yeah, I was like, no, we're not going to do Gemini mailers. I know that we're, we're sending this bad boy everywhere. It's a first impression. I'm going to get the, st- get this nice sturdy box. Um, uh, and <laughs> yeah, sure. that thing, you could put that thing through, through hell, man. And it, <laughs> it, it will protect that that box. So that's what it was all about. Well, great,
0: man. We really appreciate you coming on. Um, wish you all the success. Isom is a great book. I can't wait to read number two. I can't read to see more of the Ripper in general, Get them other writers working. They need to be. I don't know what they're doing now. They better be writing right now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, start pumping shit out. Okay, yes, man, we yes. can't be waiting all the time. You're so right. We need You're right. Stuff going. So um, we really appreciate you having you on. You're more than welcome. We'll we'll touch base with you. Uh, You know, hopefully as things get closer to the next campaign, and, yeah. and maybe we can uh chat again. At yeah. Time. So
1: let's do it, man. I appreciate yeah. you again, man. Awesome. Thanks, everyone,
0: for uh, tuning in. Season 2, episode 49 in the books. Justin and I will be doing a, a yearly recap sometime soon. What are we looking at? A week or two
2: for that? Yeah. yeah. Another yeah. Uh, two, two episodes before the end of the year. So, yeah, mm-hmm. probably in like a week or so.
0: So, yeah. Everyone, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we we'll catch you next time.